Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again back for another Crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks. I am Tyler Rowland, host of Locked On Titans, here with the great Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. We're going to be breaking down this Monday night football matchup for you guys. We're going to be talking our biggest storylines to start, then getting into the key matchups before we wrap things up by giving our game prediction. So strap in. It's another crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe, let's dive right in, but before we do, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is, in fact, presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun, and it's easy to play. No competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections that Prize Picks makes. You pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know that you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. But, Joe, we're going to get into the biggest stories for both of our teams heading in here. So, Joe Marino, locked on Bills. What is the biggest story for the Bills right now heading into this Week 2 matchup with the Titans? You know, what's interesting, Tyler, is uh, the Titans and Bills play a lot. This is going to be the 50th (laughs) all-time meeting between these two teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fifth consecutive year. They've played each of the last four years. Uh, The Titans have won the last two. And so what's interesting to me from the Bills' perspective is how do you handle this next test, right? You're building off of a really strong performance week one against the Rams um, expectations are high for the bills. They're the Super Bowl favorites right. and they started this thing off by going to LA. They raised the banner and then um, had their way to be completely honest with, with the right. LA Rams. And so what do you do next? Right? What it's, everything is just like the next test and, and the next test is you had the number one seed, or excuse me, you had the Super Bowl champions last week. You have the number one seed from the AFC last year. Uh, this week, and obviously uh, an important game last year between the Bills and Titans that, you know, the, Josh Allen wasn't able to convert that fourth and one late in the game. Jeffrey Simmons <laughs> right. makes a good play. The Titans get the number one seed. And and so now you have to live in this world from the Bills perspective where, well, what happens if he doesn't, if he does convert that? Do the Bills have the number one seed? In if he doesn't City? slip, you know, <laughs> you wanted to say it, Joe, if he doesn't he, slip. And I give credit for Jeffrey Simmons for making the play right. as well, but also, right you start to wonder, well, is the Chiefs game different if it's played in Buffalo, right? You start to ask yourself those questions. And so yeah. this Bills team, you know, they're they're 3-0 and at home in the playoffs under Sean McDermott. They're 0-3 on the road in the playoffs under Sean McDermott. Mm. And they want that number one seed, right? Because now there's there, there's no uh, real incentive to be the two. You got to be the number one. You want the buy. You right. want everything to go through your place. And so I think this is just the next test for the Bills against a, a team in, in the Titans that um, – I don't think anybody expected the game to go to go the way that it did last week against the Giants. And that's a hungry team. And I think that Mike Vrabel has always done such a good job of 
creating a, a, an us against the world mentality. And are you kidding me? This is a dream for a coach. Obviously, you want to beat the Giants, right? But right, now you get right. to manufacture this chip on the shoulder of, hey, uh, we're 0-1. We had a stinker at home to start the season. And now we get a chance to go redeem ourselves on the road and spoil the Bills' home opener on Monday Night Football. So while I don't necessarily have a specific storyline, I think it's all of that, Tyler. Right, that right. breeds into this game and makes it really, really compelling uh, for everyone to watch, watch next Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right about that. It's it's kind of uh, all of those factors coming together, making the story of the Buffalo Bills. And excellent analysis there from Joe Marino. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On Bills podcast Monday through Friday, free and available on all platforms. Tyler Rowland here, host of the Locked On Titans podcast. For me, the biggest storyline going into this game for the Titans is what is going on with the offense. Todd Downing has proven in Oakland, yes, Oakland, that far uh, long ago. He's proven last year in Tennessee. It's only week one, but those things are popping up again. Todd Downing does not appear to be a real NFL offensive coordinator. He's simply not. And the Titans have personnel issues where they're playing their worst players in the biggest moments instead of their best players. And Titans fans are just wondering, will this change? Will Mike Vrabel install Tim Kelly, who he brought over as a senior offensive assistant? Will Todd Downing continue to put out Cody Hollister, Tory Carter, Jeff Swaim as three of the five eligibles in goal-to-go situations? I think that the big, and that is kind of the, the details and the symptoms of the bigger question of, will this Tennessee Titans offense ever be what it was in 2020, 2019? Will that ever come back? Because what it seems like is that the Titans are back to being the Titans that they've been the majority of the time they've been in Nashville a defensive team that's not going to score a lot of points, that has to hope and pray they get lucky with turnovers, a couple bounces of the ball that go the right way, because the offense is simply pedestrian and mediocre. And um, I think going into this game against the Bills, you see the Titans could only muster up 20 points against the New York Giants with their two starting edge rushers missing the game. And you're at home, your defense forces two turnovers, holds the Giants to zero points in the first half, and you can only score 20 points in that game against the New York Giants with a brand-new coaching staff? I just think that the number one story clearly for the Titans is, is this offense going to be back to the Tennessee Titans offense that we've known for throughout the majority of this franchise's history? Or can they find a way to use the correct personnel, make smart decisions like not running a tight end sweep on third down with the game on the line, not having your practice squad personnel in on goal-to-go situations in a critical moment before halftime to score. Will the offense look more like an NFL offense? I think that's what all Titans fans, most Titans fans expect the defense to get back to form. Will it? I don't know, but that's the expectation. But the worry has to be on the offense, and I think whether the Titans can even compete with the Bills from an offensive standpoint and score enough points has to be the number one storyline for the Titans. Heading in, but we are going to transition the conversation to the key matchups in this game, the one on ones that could possibly determine the outcome. So, more from Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, and me, Tyler Rowland from Locked On Titans, in just a moment. Before we get into it, do want to tell you guys about Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want, from a community of local hosts. Think about Airbnb, but for rental cars. Browse a huge selection of vehicles just for any occasion, really, whether you're looking 
for a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. You want a classic or luxury car for a special event, a birthday, a holiday. You want something that's uh, an affordable uh, economic car that can just get you from A to B and back to A again. You could even test drive a new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on, but you just want to see how it fits your everyday lifestyle. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you, and every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Ditch the boring rental car. Find your drive at Turo.com. So Tyler, as we get into the matchups here, this is a, a really this is gonna be a fun conversation because this is I, this is what I like. I like talking matchups and in specifics and storylines are great, but I want to talk about the players. And so as I start to consider the Titans versus the Bills and where these matchups fall, my mind initially goes to the Titans offensive line versus the Bills defensive line, and specifically. You know, the left guard, Aaron Brewer, uh, UDFA a couple years ago, he's making his eighth career start on Monday night. And then right tackle, Nicholas Petit-Friere, um, rookie, right, uh, uh, out of Ohio State, a third-round pick. Um, kind of a surprise starter, in, in my opinion. And you have a Bills defensive line that had a great showing against the Rams. They sacked Matthew Stafford seven times. Um, and Matthew Stafford was only sacked 30 times all of last year. And I look at Ryan Tannehill and – He's been a very sackable quarterback throughout his career. He was sacked 47 times last year, over 7% of his dropbacks for his career. He's been sacked. And so when I look at some of those opportunities with this offensive line uh, at left guard and right tackle and you know being able to challenge those players with the likes of Avon Miller and a Greg Rousseau and a Jordan Phillips, uh, good pass rushers, there could be some opportunity there. And especially what you were talking about with Ryan Tannehill and this offense and Todd Downing and I, I sort of feel bad for Ryan because all of those ingredients that made it different in 2019 and 2020, they're not here, right? Like this is a really different supporting cast for him. And, and so I, I, I somewhat have some sympathy for him because I mean, say what you want about Tannehill, they're 30 and 14 with him as their starting quarterback. Like he's been successful. They won the AFC South the last two years. And I just, I feel for him in some ways because those, those ingredients whether it's John U. Smith or AJ Brown, they're not they're not walking through the doors right now, and so you have a, a lot of new pieces that are trying to fit together here with not just the weaponry, but a couple of offensive linemen that don't have a ton of experience. That's where my mind goes initially. Here is how can the Bills take advantage with their defensive line, a very deep group against a couple of inexperienced starters up front for Tennessee. Yeah, and I think you're going to have the opportunity to do that. While the Titans, the Titans' offensive line actually played pretty well against the Giants. Ryan Tannehill was only sacked one time, and it was attributed to a coverage sack, not on any of the offensive linemen. There were some pressures and some hits. Brewer led the team, giving up three pressures on the day, but Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams are a very good interior defensive line for the New York Giants. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer actually was the highest-graded rookie offensive tackle in week one per pro football focus, so a pretty good debut from NPF there, but at the end of the day, like I said earlier, the Giants were missing their top two edge rushers. They weren't going against uh, Vaughn Miller out there uh, on Sunday against the Giants. So I do think while the Titans offensive line had a pretty solid performance, I think it was more matchup based. And this is like the opposite 
matchup when you're going against that Bills D-line that just absolutely disrupted the Rams all night long, and we're in Matthew Stafford's face. I am a bit concerned there, and I think especially if you get a guy with a good bull rush against Aaron Brewer, who is six foot one, 290 pounds, soaking wet, you're going to be able to push him back into his la- into Tannehill's lap. So that is a major concern, I think. Even though the Titans' offensive line had a pretty good performance last week, I still think that that is probably a smart area to focus on. What I will say just to Ryan Tannehill, I, I think that Ryan Tannehill gets put down in the Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones area when really he's in the Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo area mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. I think the reality is Ryan Tannehill can be successful, like you pointed out with his record, if you give him a good complement around him, if he has a good offensive line, if he has good wide receivers. It's just a classic. uh, Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks has a great segment where they do trucks and trailers. Josh Allen is a truck that is going to raise everything around him. Ryan Tannehill is a trailer. He's only going to get you as far as as good as the supporting cast is around him. And right now, what the Titans have done, their starting wide receivers are a 30-year-old wide receiver off a torn ACL who was never really a pure separator. He's more of a nuanced route runner. And Robert Woods, he's never been an explosive athlete or anything like that, maybe back in his Bills days. But for the last few years of his career, he's been a great complement number two wide receiver to a star wide receiver, whether that be, you know, a Brandon Cooks or a Cooper Cup. And now Robert Woods is the number one in Tennessee and coming off an ACL and near 30. So having him as your number one is a lot different than having A.J. Brown. And then Nick Westbrook-Akina is your number two. He's an undrafted free agent out of Indiana from 2020. He doesn't separate. He's just big and physical and can block. He was the guy who Bills fans would say was holding on the long Derrick Henry touchdown last year. The big-bodied wide receiver put his guy in the dirt. Maybe a hold, maybe not. We won't adjudicate (laughs) that right now. But... Either way, I'm with you. When you have a defensive line that's immediately going to put pressure on the quarterback, which is my expectation, and then you have guys who are not going to get open, and the two best receivers on the team are a 5'10 rookie, and then a a rookie wide receiver who still has a developing route tree and Traylon Burks, I just think you're putting Ryan Tannehill in a terrible position. No, Ryan Tannehill isn't an elite quarterback who's going to save you from that. He is going to be a victim of that, and I think some of the parts about the matchup with the Giants, didn't highlight those weaknesses. They don't have a great secondary. They were missing their two edge rushers. But Buffalo is not. Buffalo has a pretty good secondary, even without Trey White. And they have a much better defensive line. So I think those two matchups in general that we've talked about here, the weapons and the offensive line, I just think they're losses for the Titans. And it's going to be hard, again, for the Titans to keep up offensively, not only with all those problems, but with the absolute abomination of play calling that Todd Downing's putting out there. So those are things that I'm focused on. But I know you got a few more matchups that maybe are a little concerning on the Buffalo side. Joe Marino, host of Locked on Bills, let us know what those are. Well, Tyler, you know, you mentioned all these challenges that you would would think Tennessee would have with dealing with the Bills' defense. Well, the Titans coaching staff knows that, right? They're they're aware of some of those challenges. And so it's, it's almost like I would expect the Titans to be a little bit more wanting to run quick game in the passing game, right? And, and not have as much progression style drop back passing and get the ball out of Ryan Tannehill's hands 
very quickly and see what type of yards after catch you can create. And a guy like Traylon Burks, that was something he was awesome at at Arkansas. And I don't know what the plan is for that Maryland tight end, Chigo Okonkwo, but I'd like to get the ball into his hands if I were Tennessee because that guy is really, really dynamic. And so I wonder if the challenges that the Bills defense presents allows or, or forces Tennessee to play a different style of offense that is obviously reliant on quick passes. But, oh, by the way, they got that running back. I'm sure you've heard of him, Derrick Henry. He's he's really, really friggin' good. And so, you know, you're going to lean on that uh, probably even more. And that's an interesting matchup, in, in my opinion. You know, the Bills the Bills gave up that big, long, it was 76-yard touchdown run to Derrick Henry last year, and that was a big part. He had three rushing touchdowns. Um, but I, otherwise, and I know that you can't really do this, you can't take away the run, they held in 19 rushes for 67 yards outside of the 76 yards. 2020, 19 carries for 57 yards. That was the lowest uh, amount of yards that Derrick Henry had that season in 2020. In 2019, 20 rushes for 78 yards against the Bills. 2018, 11 rushes for 56 yards against the Bills. So if you can, if you're Buffalo and you can avoid allowing Derrick Henry to get the big one, you've had a really good track record of kind of bottling up, bottling him up and contain him. So um, can that continue this week when you know, uh, you know, Tennessee is going to come into this game with a commitment to running the football and probably getting the ball out of Ryan Tannehill's hands very quickly, which I think is their best plan to move the ball and, and be consistent on offense against Buffalo. Joe, I got to tell you, quick game does sound good, but you know, why would you throw quick game to Traylon Burks when you could throw it to um, Jeff Swain? Why not? Why not? You know what I mean? So you make a good point that the Titans probably need to get the ball out quick, but the problem is Nick Westbrook-Akina plays wide receiver like he wears combat boots. Robert Woods has never been a, a super fast guy who's going to take advantage of that situation. And like I said, he's looked, last week he looked a little slow to separate. So I don't know if quick game to those wide receivers is going to work. Then you're throwing it to Burks and Phillips, but Burks only got 25 snaps last week. Austin Hooper isn't necessarily the fastest guy, and I love Chigakonkwo as well. I was banging the table for the Titans to draft him, and they ultimately did, which I'm happy about, but they're not utilizing him. Uh, they're playing Jeff Swain 44 snaps more than any other skill position. The skill position player for Bills fans, who aren't as tapped in, obviously, with the Titans, the skill position player for the Titans that had the most snaps last week was Jeff Swain with 44. So you want to run quick game, but when you're putting that personnel out there who can't execute that, it makes it tough. So I do think that'll be a tough situation for the Titans. The last thing that I'm looking at here, and it's something that you mentioned before we started recording our last matchup, I guess, that we'll hit on here. Jeffrey Simmons against the offensive line of the Buffalo Bills. I know Roger Saffold got banged up last week. Uh, I know that the Bills offensive line is maybe one of their weakness areas. How do you see the Bills offensive line holding up against Jeffrey Simmons, who is turn to just be absolutely dominant in the NFL. Yeah, Simmons is good. It was funny. Um, one of the questions that I answered on Locked On Bills over the summer, they asked me for the top five players on the Bills schedule non-quarterbacks that I'm concerned about, and mm. Jeffrey Simmons was among those five players. I mean, I, that's yeah. the type of respect I have for him. I, he's an absolute game wrecker, and he's a big challenge. Um, and, you know, Roger Saffold, he missed a couple of snaps. He finished the game last week. Uh, but you know they know each other. That'll be a fun little matchup. They've they've went up each other against each other in practice quite a bit. And you get you Mitch Morse at center and, and Ryan Bates at, at right guard. So you've got a you've got a really athletic middle three there that played well uh last week against Aaron Donald. Obviously he he had his big sack, but outside yeah, of that, test I thought the, for him. Yeah, it was it was a good warm-up for uh for right. Jeffrey Simmons, who's you know, bigger player, 
Um, just a ton of explosiveness and power there that he's he's going to make his plays. And so I think if you're Tennessee and and you're you're looking for your your path uh, to to win this game, I think you do think a lot about Jeffrey Simmons and the ability that he has to be disruptive. And then you know a couple of ball hawks in the back end and, and Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker and you know Kevin Byard picked off Josh Allen last year, so. Uh, I think that's part of the script for Tennessee on defense is Jeffrey Simmons. You got to be a, uh, you know, you got to be the best version of yourself and, you know, maybe force Josh Allen into some risky throws and allow your ball Hawks on the back end to be, be very aggressive. Quite frankly, that needs to be the formula for the Titans all year long. And, you know, Josh Allen shouldn't feel bad. Kevin Byard picks off everybody. Right. So it's just what he does. But we're going to move forward. We're going to make some predictions for this game, kind of wrap things up for you guys before we get into it. Do want to let you know about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs. Find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news, including all the information that you need about the opening games. This year, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and all the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's go ahead and cap off this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Titans and Locked on Bills. Again, I am your host of Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland, Joe Marino, host of Locked on Bills. Joe, like you said, we've been able to talk quite a bit over the years about these two teams consistently playing. We usually get good games. I am a little bit worried about this one, though, as we get into our predictions, but do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans and Locked on Bills podcast your first listen Every day, make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream free and available all year long on all platforms. It's your team every day here at the Locked On Podcast Network. But uh, Joe, like I was just hinting at, I'm a little worried in this one. Now, every year when the Titans, well, at least last year, maybe the year before that, when the Titans go up against the Bills, the Bills are favored. It looks like the Bills should win. And the Titans always find a way to keep it close. And as you've seen the last two years, the Titans find a way to win. Unfortunately. I think this isn't those Titans teams. We talked about the guys that they've lost on offense that make it different, but it's more than just the personnel. There's a there's a feeling. I feel like the Cincinnati Bengals loss in the playoffs just broke this version of the Titans. It broke them. It's over. You know what I mean? This core with Tannehill and Henry, A.J. Brown, blah, blah, blah. It's just coming to a close. And I think we saw in the draft that the Titans went young on offense. They went with Malik Willis. They went Phillips. They went Burks. They went NPF at offensive tackle. I think that once A.J. Brown was traded, John Robinson realized, hey, I need to have an eye towards the future because this group is too expensive and can't get it done. So I think that while the Titans have kept it close with the Bills and won in previous years, I just think that there's not only a personnel problem here with the roster, but I think there's a spirit issue with the Titans. And I am going to pick the Bills to win 31 to 23. And I got to be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if it was 31 to 20. I got to hope that with the increased pace and the increased scoring from the Bills, the Titans will find a way to put some more points on the board, just simply having more possessions than they had. But 
I'm not certain about it. So I guess my official prediction is 31 to 23 Bills, but I wouldn't be shocked if if it was a larger deficit than that. Man, Tyler, you're down on the Titans, man. <laughs> well, I have been all, all season. They <laughs> traded the best player on their team. Right. AJ Brown is the best. Fools, fools think that Derrick Henry was the best player on the team. The Titans had Derrick Henry. You know when the Titans got special on offense? When they had A.J. Brown. Brown. A.J. Brown is what made them special, not Derrick Henry. So your common man maybe doesn't see that, doesn't think that, because Derrick Henry's so fun, but that's the reality. And guess what? The Titans would have won last week if they had A.J. Brown because they were one big play away on offense from having enough points to win that game. But nobody could make the play because you got an undrafted free agent from 2020 starting. You got Robert Woods off an ACL, and then you got two rookies. They brought in Austin Hooper, who was supposed to make the tight end group better. Hooper played less than Jeff Swain. So we just have to accept reality that there's nothing special about the Titans' offense now, and they only scored 20 points against the Giants, even though the defense forced two turnovers and gave them short fields. Kyle Phillips had a 40-yard punt return and still only 20 points. I just can't. I can't see that getting better against the Bills, but at the end of the day, hopefully this is just a massive reverse jinx and the Titans pull classic (laughs) Titans again, lose to the Giants at home, and then go on the road and beat the Bills. It's just classic Titans stuff. Well, if if I'm not mistaken, last year they had the week one loss to Arizona and they lost to the Jets as well, right? So, I mean, like, these have been things that have happened for Tennessee and they've still been able to put together good seasons. And so, I I mean, I... I hear what you say, and I also look at the sample size under Mike Vrabel, and I see nine and seven, nine and seven, 11 and five, 12 and five. Yep. Yep. You know, last two years winning the division. And so I, there's a, there's a nice history of success there. And there's certainly a, a, a recipe that they've had to be able to win football games. Tyler, I do think it's an uphill climb for Tennessee on Monday night. Um, for as much as I do think there's a lot of good, opportunity for Mike Vrabel to rally the troops and and create that chip and us against the world. You know, it, this is a tough challenge on the road in Buffalo Monday night that, that you know, everyone's so excited for the home opener expectations. Bills Mafia is going to be really, really pumped up for this football game. And it's going to be a tough environment for, for Tennessee to step into uh, from that perspective. And then I do think that the Bills have a talent advantage in this football game and they're better yes. in areas that are important for football, offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, those types of things. Um, so I, I will go 33-24 Bills in this game. I think the spread is nine and a half. Um, and, you know, like you said there, the Tennessee does find a way to keep it close against Buffalo. They they kind of beat them pretty bad a couple of years ago. It was like 42 to 17 or something. It was a pretty lopsided game. But the other two, I think the Bills won late the first two years. And then obviously Oh, last yeah, year. Nick Williams dropped – the Titans <laughs> had an open touchdown in, in the end zone, and Nick Williams dropped it through his hands in 2018. I'll yeah. never forget that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going 33 to 24. Um, it's an uphill climb for Tennessee. I think they need things to go right for them. They're going to need some turnovers. They're going to need Derrick Henry to be vintage Derrick Henry and play mistake free on offense. I think that's a tough script. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you there as well. I don't think you're too far off a little bit more points than, than I'm forecasting. And that's, we're right in the same area. You know what I mean? But just kind of put a bow on the show. So obviously for the bills, they're the Super Bowl favorites. They got a lot riding for them right now, heading into, you know, a matchup on Monday Night Football. Like you said, the home opener. There's a lot of excitement, and the Bills are looking to kind of keep the train rolling on a good season. For the Titans, it's simple. Can they score points? Will they ever get back to being a good offense? Or are we just back to the dark ages of Titans football where it's run, 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 cloud of dust, 
Hope that the defense wins the game for them. Uh, Matchup-wise, you had some good ones. What what were the exact matchups that you were looking at in that one, yeah. Joe? Yeah, Bills D-line, Von Miller, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, Greg Rousseau against uh, three really good starters. Let's be honest, Taylor Luan, Ben Jones, Nate Davis. I love Nate Davis at right guard. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite yeah, prospects coming out. Right but some week. some inexperience right at left guard and Aaron Brewer, right tackle Nicholas Petit-Ferrier. There should be some opportunities there for Buffalo. And then, you, of course, you look at Jeffrey Simmons against the Bills offensive line and, and the type of game record that he could be. Again, complimented by the Ballhawks in the back end and Amani Hooker and, and Kevin Bayard. And then, of course, there's that Derrick Henry guy. And what type of an X factor can he be as the focal point of Tennessee's offense on Monday night? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those are great matchups to watch as well. And we'll both be expanding upon those when we do our game previews on our individual shows, Locked on Bills, Locked on Titans. Uh, and then our predictions at the end. I have the Titans losing the game to the Bills 31-23. to Joe, your prediction again was? 33-24 Buffalo. Yep, yep. And I think uh, that's right around where it is. But either way, Joe, it seems like we get a good game most of the time when these two teams play. So hopefully we're both in for a show on Monday night. That's going to do it for another crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, make sure you guys subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. It's your team every day on the Locked On Titans podcast and Locked On Bills podcast. Hope you guys enjoy the game.